Today, I am talking to an Associated Press award-winning reporter and meteorologist who also happens to be a longtime comedian and improviser who has done shows all over North America and Europe. He also shared this fun fact with me, that as the chef in his household, he bakes bread, he makes a mean creme brulee, and he loves his Instant Pot, but he's still building up the courage to open up his food processor that he got as a wedding gift years ago. My guest today from KPTV Fox 12 in Portland, Oregon, is Brian McMillan. I'm Aiden Meepom, and this is The Changed Podcast. Brian, thank you for being on The Changed Podcast. Hey, I'm excited hey, you're Aiden, here. my friend. I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. Sorry, I cut you off. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm so just excited. Not excited. <laughs> excited. <laughs> um, well, it's awesome that you're here. I, I mean, I'm sorry to hear about your, uh, your fear of your, um, of your. I don't know what to do in the kitchen. Well, I mean, maybe we can get you over that fear today. Maybe, maybe listeners will send in suggestions for how to get over your fear. Uh, tell me what that's about. <laughs> I well. It's it's got a lot of parts, <laughs> and I I don't exactly know what to do with all the parts. What are you supposed to make with it? I heard you can make salsa with it, but I I don't know if I eat enough salsa to go through the whole you know washing every little part. There are a lot of parts to a food processor. It processes a lot of foods, uh, but the one the you know, the piece that you'll use most often is the is the S shaped blade. Okay, and you can use it to just like chop up literally anything cheese onions tomatoes like you just put stuff in through the top and then it comes out diced up i think i need to have you over so you can show me how to use it it's literally i've been married for almost 10 years our 10 year anniversary is on on uh in may in a couple months here and uh yeah i haven't even opened it i haven't even taken it out of the plastic yet it's just sitting in our kitchen in one of the cupboards in the back that's amazing (laughs) And my wife's like, why don't we just get, you know, sell this thing or, you know, give it to somebody else for their wedding? I said, no, I am, I'm going to learn how to make, uh, you know, use this thing. And I just, I just haven't yet. It's yeah. I, I understand the, I was afraid of cleaning it. That's was, that was my fear in using it. But Eric, who is the chef in our house, um, he uses it all the time. And I saw how like not afraid he was and how simple it looked and uh, so I got really brave last year and I made something I chopped up nuts in it or something um but recently I made gluten-free uh sugar-free brownies using date paste which you put like dates the stickiest substance known on earth into this thing and then you throw in like peanut butter they were delicious by the way just FYI but also okay Every ingredient went into this food processor and they were all really sticky ingredients and it, it worked out. So maybe that will change your feelings. About your you know, what? yeah, I think uh, I think I'll give it a shot now. I think I will. <laughs> you, you've helped me through this and uh, this is what I needed. I didn't even know I needed this or that we were going to talk about this. <laughs> all right. So are we done? Um... I hope you enjoyed your interview, <laughs> listeners. Uh, if you're just tuning in. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, I knew it was going to be fun to have you on the show, Brian. You are a delight. 
so yeah, you have a background in improv. You have a background in comedy, but also your your full time gig is doing news and weather for one of Portland's best news stations. Can you tell me a little bit about the relationship between those things? Is there a relationship between those things for you? I you know, really think there is because you know when there's there's a couple of sides of being on. TV, right, and and being a, uh, a meteorologist, uh, you know, uh, giving information about the weather or giving information about the news. There's the journalistic side, but you also have to have an on-camera presence, and you have to be able to react to what's going on around you as well. And so, uh, improv and all that, especially improv, has helped with that because. A lot of things happen to you when you're in the field uh, and yeah. uh, you have to react accordingly. And um, even when you're in the studio and you're having fun with some of the anchors and things like that, you know, you need to be able to make it not look awkward, I guess. You know, it, it's it's all about yes anding, I feel right, like. Right. And, and I think, you know, for anybody, I would encourage anybody, even if you're afraid of being on stage, to take an improv class because I think it really can help with you know presentation skills, all that stuff. As you know, mm-hmm. translates to so many other things that that can give us all confidence and help us interact with people just on a daily basis too. So it's it's really helped me, especially with you know weather, which is totally improvised for three minutes sometimes longer, sometimes shorter. Um, you know, we we make the weather forecast so we know what's going on, but everything that you see when you're watching a meteorologist or a weathercaster do their forecast up there on the green screen, that's completely improvised, uh, you know, as they're talking through the graphics. So all that has helped me immensely. I have a question, a technical question about the, sure. when you're doing that, broad, when you're like pointing to things on what I, yeah. I've always assumed is the green screen and you just referenced it. So that's, you're not actually pointing to a monitor that has everything there. So you're like looking at a monitor, trying to point to the right area on the map or how does that work? So we have monitors uh, to our left and right, just off camera. And then in the camera, we can see ourselves as well with uh, there's kind of a uh, one way mirror through through mm-hmm. where the uh, the camera, you know, uh, is right behind that one way mirror. So we're looking at ourselves and that's that's how we're doing it. Now, some now that that big, huge screens are becoming a little cheaper. Some some of the bigger stations here around the country are now paying for gigantic, enormous screens that they can now oh, put wow. behind people. Uh, but uh, yeah, the green screen, uh, if you've, you know, they, they use a lot in movies, of course, they just replace that color with whatever you want. So it can be a camera, yeah. it can be uh, graphics, which we typically use. And we have a lot of fun with it, too. We have this full body green suit that we keep behind the weather wall. And uh, sometimes <laughs> when kids come in for tours and stuff like that, we'll put that on. That's awesome. That is yeah. amazing. Um so something I was thinking about as I was preparing for this conversation was how um, you uniquely are in one of, the, I think, the few positions in terms of career choices where you actually predict the future. Now, it's not that far into the future, but you actually get on TV and you tell people the future. You're like, you know what, right. what happened yesterday? That's different. That changed. And now here's what to expect today. Even here's what we thought was going to happen. That's changed. Here's what's actually going to happen. And then, and then here's what we think is going to happen 
three days from now or five days from now, here's your five to 10 day forecast of the future. What? Yeah. That's bonkers. It's what? Yeah, I know, right? It's a, it's a little bit of pressure too. Um, people love calling us out when we're wrong, but but it, it's funny because it, there's a real small percentage of the times that that we're wrong now because the the weather modeling and all the science behind weather forecasts is getting so much better, and so with that, it actually helps us out a lot. So, I mean, really, you can. I would say three days out in a normal forecast, uh, you can, I mean, that the, those forecasts are really, really solid. Once you start getting beyond six, seven days, if you'd start talking about a 10-day forecast, especially in the middle of winter, yeah, that's probably not going to be entirely accurate. So it, it, it's going to catch up. The weather modeling continues to get better. That certainly helps us. But um, yeah, it is. It, it's fun and it's challenging and it's and it's um, not a perfect science yet. It's not. And that's why, you know, I always tell people, listen to your local forecasters, your local meteorologists, as opposed to just checking your iPhone app, because that is going off of just raw data and it doesn't have that human influence. And and that human influence brings experience. It brings knowledge of the area. And sometimes those models don't have very high resolution, which means they're not seeing some of the intricate parts of our forecast area. Like here in Portland, we have the Columbia River Gorge just off to the east. That influences our weather big time. And some of the models don't see that. So anyway. Oh, interesting. That was a long way of saying that, uh, yeah, it's bonkers. <laughs> That we forecast the future. I wish I could do it with other things. Wouldn't that be fun? That would be amazing. I was thinking of, I think it's Asimov that had the, like, um, the math, you know, it was like there's a future math and they used it to predict the future. I can't remember what the, what it was called, but um, I read a lot of science fiction as a kid. And I remember just thinking like, yeah, why can't you quantify the likely outcomes of what will happen. I think we're ha I think we are moving there in many ways right. with many things, but I just read this article recently that talked about, um, you know, well, it wasn't that recent now, but I keep referencing it as if I read it yesterday. It's like been two months now since I read this article, <laughs> but um, you know, using this article that was like, actually experts whose job it is to predict the future do a about as good of a job as the lay person whose job it isn't. <laughs> yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, they, uh, sport sports is, uh, you know, sports, um, front offices and stuff like that. They're, they're using some, a lot of math nowadays, you know, like, uh, algorithms and, and analytics and all right. that stuff to, to it, the, the, the money, movie ball. money balls kind yeah. of example of that. So, yeah, it's interesting. Science is, uh, is in math and, and supercomputers are all creeping in here. So with all those things in mind, what is your relationship with change? Because not only do you live in a, in a, in a science where literally you're watching in real time things changing and then also predicting what the next changes will be, but also your work is influenced by changing technology. And then you're also a human being on the planet. We are all, you know, affected by the changes that we choose or that we are, that are thrust upon us. What's your relationship, Brian, to change? I'm not a huge fan of change in my personal life for some reason, but at work, I kind of embrace it. And it is, uh, 
it excites me and it I like things being different. I I do I've kind of two jobs um at KPTV. I I do the weather, I forecast the weather, but I also part of my job is to report the news. So my week is always changing and the stories that I get to cover are always changing. I don't know, <laughs> you know, I'm going into work here a little bit later on today. I don't know what I'm going to be covering. Uh, when I go into work today. Huh. Yesterday, I was on a kayak in the middle of the Willamette River broadcasting. So like, you know, I didn't know that when my day started. It's all changing. And I love that in my work life. <laughs> That's awesome. So would you be willing to play a game with me about this about just I don't know what it's about. But will you play? Would you play a game with me? I love games. Yes, let's play a game. Okay. The game is called um, and for a while, I was asking people for suggestions for a better title for this game, but I've given that up because I'm, now I just love the <laughs> title of the game. So here's the here's the game title. It's called Aiden Asks You a Bunch of Questions and You Try and Answer Them as Quickly as Possible. I love it. Okay. Okay. And we'll start, we'll start small, work our way up. So uh, here we go. First right. question. Cake or pie? Pie. Why? Do, do you want me to... T- <laughs> why uh i i i don't know i i'm i've always ever since i was a little kid i've wanted pie for my birthday and uh my favorite pie is marion berry pie by far that that i every birthday i tell my wife i you can i can do a cake too but i gotta have a pie uh, for my birthday as well marion berry that's my jam and, and beaverton bakery out here in the portland area i'm so sad it closed because they made my fa- favorite marion berry pie oh man that's a real call to action to bakeries to get their marion berry pie game that's- in check Step it up. <laughs> if you okay you have to choose one favorite outfit for the rest of your life or a different outfit every day but you never get to wear the same outfit twice oh that's a good one um ooh, i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with different outfit every day and and the reason uh, it's tough because i would love to wear my sweats every day all day i mean that would be great but i feel like that wouldn't be appropriate in all situations so uh because i have to be kind of out out and around town and i like doing things uh, i'd probably do something different every day and just kind of uh just, right. yeah all right we're, the, we're actually way up. Quick, the yeah. best part about that would be that I'm hoping that I wouldn't have to shop for it all because I hate <laughs> shopping for clothes. So if somebody just gave me clothes to wear, then I, then I would be all about that. Um, I mean, that's an that's an amazing idea. Uh, maybe that's what personal shoppers do. They just tell you what to wear. I'll just have to do. noodle on that because I would really like somebody to just show up and tell me what to wear every day. That'd be amazing. Um, you know, for a little while, my daughter did that when she was two. She was really good at it. As she gets older, she's lost interest and also isn't good at it. So I don't know what to say. Um, but, <laughs> all right. Uh, next question. Um, coffee in the morning? Yes. I, I'm, I've been limiting it lately because I think during the pandemic, I, I started drinking a little too much coffee. And it was more just to, to uh, co- I don't know why, but I, I feel like especially during the winter and stuff. This was an especially kind of depressing winter. It was, mm-hmm. I, I just needed a little something to, to kick myself into gear in the second half of the day. But I usually do one, and maybe if I'm feeling like I need a treat that day, I'll do two cups of coffee. But but in the morning, I got to have coffee. it. Yeah. Oh, how do you, I take it? Yeah. I do. Uh, have you ever heard of those nut pods? Um, they're they're uh, 
It's like a nut-based creamer, and that's what I use. It's, huh. it's delicious. Yeah. All right. Here's here's the last question, which is, um, read any good books lately? Lately, I have I have uh, not had a lot of time to read because uh, read for fun. I'm going to grad school right now, so all I've oh. been reading is textbooks lately. <laughs> so uh, it's- textbooks. Do you have one you'd recommend? <laughs> No, I don't, actually. <laughs> I really don't. Um, what are you going to grad school for? I feel like I just stepped into that old Bill Hicks joke where he's, you know, he's reading in a diner and uh, like at a waffle house and waitress comes up and goes, what you reading for? <laughs> and I think I just fell into that trap. What, what are you, that trap of like, what are you, what are you going to grad school for? But I, what I meant is, what are you studying? <laughs> well, I am studying strategic communications, and you know, I my my company has a has a great uh, education uh, reimbursement program and stuff. And, and it, grad school was always something that I wanted to do, and I thought, well, why not? Why not do it with two young children during a pandemic? That sounds like a great idea. So that's <laughs> what I decided to do, and uh, you know, I'm about halfway through it, and I. I it's been really, it's been really great. I've learned a lot that's actually um, um, that I can use in my job now. And you know, as as uh, you know, if there's ever life outside of TV, then mm-hmm. um, I can use it for that as well. That's awesome. Thank you for playing. Aiden asks you a bunch of questions and you answer them as quickly as possible. It's not so much of a game as just like rapid fire interview. Uh, yeah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> I think it would be awesome. You know, you've come prepared with a story. I'm excited to hear. um, I'm excited to hear your story. Before you tell your story, I am curious, was it hard to pick a single story um, that represents change for you that represents a pivotal moment? You know, uh, when you asked me to be on this podcast, I was trying to think of, oh, what can I talk about, about change? Maybe I could talk about, you know, getting into broadcasting or something like that. But I think it goes even farther back than that. My wife uh, thought it was extremely obvious what this should be about. Well, I I would love to have you tell that story. So, um, Brian, will you tell us a story from this pivotal moment in your life? So I grew up uh, about 10 miles north of Seattle in a city called Linwood, Washington. And my parents are actually both Seattle police officers. Um, I'm an only child and they worked crazy schedules, but somehow they were always able to make it work. I would, you know, back in those times, because my parents worked kind of crazy schedules, sometimes I'd actually go to work with them and just hang out at the police station and stuff like that. Um, my mom, worked uh in the mounted patrol so she for for many years so she was on horses and my dad was a detective for a long time and then ended up ended up working uh in the harbor patrol i had a really great relationship with my dad we would go to uh mariners games and uh you know it was he was he was always coaching my soccer teams and my baseball teams we had a great relationship and and he was a little bit older i think my folks uh my dad had me when i was uh, when he was 40 years old, and so he was a little bit older. When I was 18, um, it was my senior year in high school. I was involved in everything. I was involved in uh, the band and on the golf team, and I did uh, the broadcasting uh, 
program in in high school as well and and then we kind of got shell-shocked as a little family because again i was only child my dad was diagnosed with kidney cancer in october of my senior year of high school and you know we didn't know how bad it was at first that's a pretty rare form of cancer and then just a few months later he passed away and it was such a huge uh hit to our family and you know i I was for me it was it was losing you know my best friend and at the time you know i was applying for colleges um I, i was accepted to some colleges for broadcasting i really wanted to get into that i knew i wanted to do that i ended up uh getting accepted to like USC and Northwestern and Missouri. And, and I ended up going to Washington state, which is a great program. And the biggest reason I picked that school is because it was close to home so that I could kind of help take care of my mom and be close to her and see her often. So him passing away so suddenly kind of gave me a new outlook on just my relationships with my friends, with my family as well. And not only that, this got me into theater because I, I didn't, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't really go into therapy. I didn't feel like I needed that at the time and stuff like that. And then theater, uh, in that last year of high school ended up becoming in a way sort of my therapy because I found, uh, found a really wonderful group of people to surround myself with. So, I ended up uh, coming to part of plays and did the, the the school musical and decided when I got to that first year of college over at WSU that I would join the theater program there as well. And through that, especially that first year, you know, I was still dealing with that stuff, uh, you know, with the passing of my father. And I found my people really through the theater program. And one of those people ended up being my wife. So I, uh, you know, we did, we weren't dating at the time, but uh, I met her there and, uh, you know, I continued through, through college, you know, things were hard when, you know, they had dad's weekends and stuff like that, but I had my people there. And uh, after graduating, I I continued with theater. I, I, as we talked about a little bit earlier, I I was, um, uh, part of Unexpected Productions up in Seattle when I moved back to Seattle. And that, that's a, a wonderful improv group up there and did that for a few years and then uh, moved to Bend and then to Portland and got involved with the Brody Theater here. And I've always felt like those are, are my people. Those Those people in the theater are my people. And I don't think I ever would have found that, nor would have I have found my wife, because I probably would have gone to a different school, if I didn't find the theater back in high school. And I think all that kind of uh, goes back to my dad passing away. Now, it has, like I said, very much influenced my uh, relationship with people. I make sure, and I think it's so important for everybody to, to let people know what you think of them now. And, you you know, and, and if somebody means a lot to you, make sure that they know that now, because it really doesn't do any good after they pass away or after they're mm-hmm. gone. You know, uh, it, celebrate the moments that you have with these people. Uh, if if you 
if you get in an argument with somebody or you you know you're having a bad relationship with somebody you know try and patch that up as fast as you can too you know and uh you truly don't know when the last time you're going to see somebody is so i've always carried that through uh, my entire life it is uh um, giving me a, a real big uh it's made family even more important to me, especially my own little family here, and just trying to live in the moment as well. Thank you for sharing all that, Brian. Um, that's young to lose your dad. I'm sorry that you lost your dad yeah. at that moment. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, it, it was it was tough, you know, and and uh, a lot of things go through your head, like it's not fair, you know, why why our family and stuff like that, but. Um, you know, my neighbor, it was, it was kind of crazy. My neighbor and, uh, one of my best friends lost his mom in this, like is at the same time wow. due to cancer as well. So we kind of had each other to go through all that with, um, coped with it differently, but for sure. But, um, it was, uh, it, yeah, it was, it was a strange time for, for both of us because it was kind of unexpected. Where, where do you think you would have gone to school if, if that hadn't happened? Where do you think you would have ended up? Probably would have ended up out in uh, at Missouri um, at the time they were the top, uh, you know, broadcasting school in the country. And Northwestern was a little expensive for our family, so <laughs> I would have to get a lot of scholarships for that. But um, I, I was really eyeballing Missouri, which you know may have kept me out on in the Midwest or the East Coast or something mm-hmm. like that. So I love the Pacific Northwest. I've always loved it here. I felt I've feel so lucky to have been able to work here my whole life because my job, um, we, there's a lot of us that have to move all over the place and go to little towns and stuff like that at first and work your way up to bigger cities. But I I feel so lucky because, um, my whole career has been here in the Northwest. Wow. And you really don't think you would have done theater. You don't think you would have been drawn to theater without that moment. I think I needed something that, or at least somebody to say, Hey, come on, why don't you try this uh, with mm-hmm. theater? I loved, I always loved watching theater. I mean, my, my whole life growing up, it just, it seemed like, it seemed like a really big commitment, which it is, you know, especially scripted th- theater with rehearsals and all that stuff. I didn't, I guess I didn't understand how, how much it would be worth it to try it and to be uh-huh. part of that community. And you know, now when I'm watching a show, I'm like, oh, I wish I could be up there too. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. that's the feeling I get. Yeah. There's also, for those who have never partook in any theater communities, may or may not know that it's a hug rich environment. Like there's just a lot of hugging in the theater world. There's, you know, people greet yes. each other. And I imagine that will persist once all of the current uh, world conditions change. You know what, too? I always, I, I know, especially when you go to, to do um, improv and things like that, you're going to be surrounded with some of the funniest people that you've ever met in your life. And I know that when, uh, you know, I go down to the theater, I know I'm just going to laugh and laugh and laugh. And that is, that's the positivity that we all need, right? Because we just yeah. kind of feed off of that. And it's so good for the soul. Yeah. I Well, I obviously agree with that. And um, did, you know, did your did your father dying in that short period of time affect your feelings of um, safety or your 
Like, do you, some people develop this real fear that like life's going to be ripped away at any moment. Other people develop this like life is precious perspective. And I'm curious how his death affected your view of mortality and living. Yeah, I mean, as I've gotten a little bit older, I've definitely, uh, I've wanted to take better care of myself and stuff. So I've got, (laughs) I've, uh, I'm putting I want to be there for as long as I can for my own kids, you know? And so, yeah, it's, it's actually a little bit of both. I would say it's given me a healthy fear (laughs) of, (laughs) of, uh, of that. It's also made me live in the moment a lot more and appreciate experiences more, appreciate people more because throughout your life, people kind of come and go, but, um, and it's so easy not to keep in touch with people too, but um, I've always been pretty good about connecting with people and making that phone call that's so mm-hmm. easy to do, but that none of us ever do. <laughs> I always try to do that, you know, uh, to connect with people. And I've also always tried to let people know how important they are to me and my life as well. What would you say to an 18-year-old who just lost their parent? Hmm. I would, I would say, you know, I would say that you're, you're never not going to miss that person, Mm -hmm. but you are going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And it's, I had a really good family support system and I had a really good friend support system. I know not everybody has that. So I think that, you know, I think I think people just need to know that they're going to be okay now that things have changed so drastically in their life. Yeah, the loss of a family member is a significant change. I see a lot of people um you know they'll wish they'll wish people who are grieving healing. I've seen that. You're grieving a loss, I wish you healing, which I find really interesting. Um because to me, it's like, what are you, what is it that you're healing? Is it, you know, your heart feels like it's torn apart. Is that what they're talking about? Because to me, it's like, I, I wish you a smooth transition. This is a giant change. Exactly. And I mean, it's, it's, you know, I still miss them to this day, I would say. I I think Mm -hmm. that um, it becomes easier if that's I don't know if that's the right word it does become a little bit easier it becomes a little bit more um um matter of fact in a way uh but it's uh it's always it becomes a part of you and it becomes a part of who you are and 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 uh you know that changed me significantly not just joining the theater but also just changed me as a, per- a person and the way i see the world and all of that stuff so i think when you go through something hard it, it you're never going to shed it completely we don't have that thing in men in black where you just hold it up and you, you know erases your memory so you know it's uh it becomes a part of who you are i feel like i'm able to handle things in my job better than uh, I would have been if I didn't go through something really hard huh. like that. I mean, we deal with a lot of grief. We see, I always tell people, we see people on the best days of their lives, but most of the time on the worst days of their life. Oh. And if you think about that, that's every day for news reporters, right? So we're, right. we're in, for, in for other first responders as well. So, you know, at people's 
darkest time in their life were, were, were kind of along with them for that initial ride. And so that's helped me deal with that and to kind of, um, compartmentalize that and kind of leave mm-hmm. that at work, you know, and, mm-hmm. and be able to, to handle that. And it's a hard thing to do. I think a lot of people, uh, in this business don't know how to initially deal with that sort of thing and to be able to, um, kind of leave it at work. Um, cause you have to, cause tomorrow comes another story. Wow. Wow. Um, well, Brian, as we uh, as we start to bring this conversation sort of to a close, what is it that you would love for people to walk away from this um, conversation, taking away with them? Or what is it that you'd like them to know? I'd like people to know that I'm going to be okay trying the food processor. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. Try hummus that I've made myself. Um, <laughs> well, you can do hummus in a blender, though. <laughs> as much I would say, you know, as it, I think change can be good. I, I even though I hate it when uh, I come, uh, or you know, I I don't hate it. That's not the right word. I I think uh, I think that change in uh, of the furniture in my house may be slightly unnecessary. <laughs> It can be really good. And uh, sometimes you don't realize it's good until you step back a little bit. And it could be years later. It could be a couple hours later um, and and see it for what it is. Um, uh, you know, hard, hard things, too, make us who we are and they become a part of us. And uh, not all of those things are bad. So there you have it. That's awesome. Brian, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, obviously, Portland locals will get to watch you delivering important news and weather uh, following this episode. If you don't live in the Portland area, you're really missing out. Yeah, you are. Yeah, watch this Channel 12. And I also have a, we have our own uh, little podcast called the Fox 12 Weather Podcast, too, which we get kind of nerdy about weather stuff if you're into that sort of thing. Oh, that's awesome. So I'll definitely put a link to that in the show notes for this episode. Um, Thanks again, Brian. Aiden, it is so good to talk to you. I miss you. I hope to see you again in person soon. Well, another important reminder from Brian to reach out to those we love and care about and tell them, because sometimes the only certainty in life is uncertainty. We don't know how long we're going to be here, and we certainly don't know how long they're going to be here. So if in this moment we're all still here, then maybe this is the best moment to pick up the phone and say, Hi, I love you, and I'm glad you're still here. I'm also reminded through the course of this conversation that when we process grief of our own, that helps us, it can help us develop the important empathy needed to be there for others when they're processing their own loss and devastation. Have thoughts, feelings, or a story to share based on this episode? Let's keep the conversation going. Join the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash change hub. Thank you to Brian McMillan for sharing this vulnerable moment of change in his own life. And thank you to you for listening to The Changed Podcast. 
Special thanks go to my family for their love, support, and patience. To all of the amazing Changed Podcast Patreon page members who I couldn't do this without. Art of Change Skills for Life and Patreon member producer, Dr. Rick Kirshner. I'm Aidan Nepom, and I wish you the kind of experiences in life you're excited to tell stories about.